a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> so, uh, 2000, put mega the mega crunch on the song. That would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. It's not self-deprecating humor. It's just self-deprecation. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Ready for another round That's true. of, of oh, uh, abuse, I think? Yeah. Oh, are you talking to me or are you talking to the listener? Uh, either one. It, it, Dear it, listeners, it's abusive that no matter who you are, if you're in the proximity yeah, of Table sure. Talk Radio. Ears are getting ready to take a beating. I'm actually pretty That's impressed with life. today's show uh, because oh. a, a couple of these uh, emails and voicemails we're responding to have come in within the last uh, uh, calendar quarter. Uh, others of them... <laughs> Aren't as timely as maybe we would hope them to be. So we'll we'll just I don't, kinda... people would, please quit sending us emails. We're way behind. <laughs> we... Is that how that I don't know. That that I mean, go? Even even with what we have, whether we'll get to them all or not, I don't really know. But I here's the thing. Okay. If you send an email, don't expect a response um within the next decade. And then you'll be fine. You lower expectations and email email us all you want. That's right. Lower expectations, lower disappointment. Did I tell you the story about? I think I have told this story about when my when I was in fifth grade or something, fourth grade. My my parents put paper on my door so I could write on it, like writing on the wall. And we had this babysitter come over, and he was a high schooler, and he wrote on the wall, uh, "Low low expectations, low disappointment." <laughs> And I, I love that guy. And that and, became your motto of had life him. ever since. It did. It, it, did. it really. But mom and dad never had him come back to uh, babysit. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a, as a babysitter, I like to set the bar low. You know, I, I don't That's like to right. have a lot of expectations for myself. Well, you're I mean, hired, you see sir. Mom and dad coming back from a, you know, from an evening out and seeing that on the wall. Low expectations. Low <laughs> Who wrote that? The babysitter, uh, but you know, lo- yeah. little did they know they were they were he was setting a life motto for future Table Talk Radio fame. Uh yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, you know, you never know what the things are going to traject. You know, define your life trajectory. That was one of them. <laughs> also, the slogan that I learned in Australia is, "Well, if you don't have brakes, you don't need a seatbelt." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's actually true, but yeah. Oh, well, you okay. gotta have priorities. You know, I forgot about uh, us doing this show. What's that? Buzzwords. We do buzzwords on this show. I got a buzzword for you. Okay. Uh, my buzzword for you is theology of the cross. Okay. You've heard of that before? 
If you've traveled around Lutheran circles for more than like two seconds, you've probably heard that <laughs> phrase, theology of the cross. I'm a little surprised that you would use this as your buzzword. Yeah, because let me define theology of the cross. Theology of the cross basically means whatever you want it to mean oh, to articulate oh, your particular theology. <laughs> it is the cliche of all this, cliches. We've got to stop using it. This is why Pastor Wilfred doesn't like it. It just, I mean, you know, I read a book one time called Becoming a Theologian of the Cross. The phrase comes from Luther's Heidelberg Disputation, 1518, which is all right. It's, it's not his best stuff. But it's all right. Uh, he's trying to get after the scholastic theology of his day. He's wrestling with the relationship between theology and philosophy. I mean, it's better than anything anybody else ever wrote, but it's not the best Luther. But, he, you know, and it's early, and he, he, he gets over it. He never comes back to that theology of the cross, theology of glory distinction after that. But, man, oh, man, we love it nowadays. And any time, you know, no, any time I, you want to do something, you say theology of the cross, and that— apparently means you're a Lutheran. My thought on this is, um, and a lot of our listeners could to, could attest to this, that there's there's something that happens in your way of thinking theologically when you become a Lutheran, and it is a way that, that you haven't ever thought theologically before. Um, and I think that people want to put a name to that kind of thinking, and theology of the cross is that kind of label that they want to use. Um, so it goes from, you know, People thinking that, you know, even though uh, maybe a, a particular Christian would have always affirmed, "Look, I'm I'm saved by by faith." Okay, I'm I'm you know, it's God's grace. I'm saved. But their entire Christian life was uh, day in day out about becoming a better Christian, and whether even though they affirmed that I'm saved by grace, they really were looking to themselves to better themselves day in and day out, and whether they would have said it this way or not you know, trying to make themselves better for God. Um, and then here you, you come and you bump into some Lutheran theology, and I realize, um, aha, it, it's the, the fact that I'm saved uh, through faith is also the, how God delights in me, that it's not about, about my performance. And, and I think people find freedom in that theological notion for the very, maybe the very first time. Um, and so when it's contrasted against the theology of glory, um, well, that what I was before was theology of glory. What I am now is in the theology of the cross. That's that's my thought on this whole this whole popularity of the thing. Well, fine. But you know what that is? What you described? That's what we call the gospel. Mm-hmm. Not the theology of the cross. It's, what, mm-hmm. it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Which, 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 which we should call it. We should call that the gospel. So, uh, so like, hey, I now believe in the gospel for the first time. <laughs> yeah, basically. What's wrong with I that? mean, it is true. I mean, I, I remember I went through this. I, I grew up in a Lutheran church, and uh, I probably heard these things from the catechism, but it never sunk in for me for whatever reason. Go off to college, and I'm uh, taken away by all these, uh, uh, I don't know, methods uh, yeah i mean the, the all all of the the things to become a better christian and uh and then i start learning uh lutheran theology and i remember thinking i now know the gospel for the first time <laughs> you know I, I always thought i knew yeah. it but i now know the yep. gospel for the very first time yep it's amazing i should that should should have been enough time for me to find a 
buzzword. Um, you were too enraptured by the fact that I was doing a trickaroo. Ah, uh, uh, here's a good. You know, <laughs> here is a good buzzword for you. Ready? Okay. Israel. Oh, nice. So you have uh, the word Israel used in uh, various ways. For example, um, uh, Jacob uh, wrestles with God, uh, and he then uh, you know won't stop wrestling until uh, what he he receives a blessing, and then there he receives a new name, uh, Israel. And so then from that time forward, those descendants of Jacob um, were known as, as Israel or Israelites. Now, the very fascinating thing comes in Romans chapter 9, verse 6, where um, Paul says that uh, it is not as though the word of God has failed, for they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. So uh, Paul now gives us a new understanding of the word Israel that is not from um, the Old Testament, that those who are descendants from Jacob, um, but rather those who believe in the promises, he continues to say in uh, Romans chapter 9. So that now, as uh, the New Testament understands uh, Israel, it would be those who believe in the gospel, those who believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all their sins. So that, so when Paul says, is it that the word of God has failed? Uh, absolutely not. That That the the, the promise of salvation has been brought not just to uh, the descendants of Jacob, but now to the entire world, um, so that you are uh, Israel by by faith, by believing in the promise. Um, so the the whole there's always people saying, well, what about the Jews, especially in their role of in the end times? Um, does is Israel in the is you know the descendants of Jacob are the Jews God's special people? And uh, uh, yes, they have salvation by believing in Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's not that mm-hmm. that, that there's uh, two different tracks. There's the uh, you know be a Jew way to salvation, and then believe in Jesus way to salvation. It's just believe in Jesus for salvation, and that makes no difference what your ethnicity is. It's just by faith alone, kind of like what we've been saying. And there's, you know, we're now in the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, as you know. I can't wait till next year when we're in the 501st anniversary of the Reformation. And then the year after that will be in the 502nd, uh, so on and so forth. Well, you know what will be in next year? We'll be in the 500th anniversary of the phrase, Theology of the Cross. Yes. Oh, oh yes. That's what we're going to really emphasize next the year. The 500th anniversary of the Theology of the Cross. <laughs> you know what? I think the most beautiful city in... In Germany is Heidelberg. I mean, that place is gorgeous, and there is where we go to learn the theology of the cross. It's a little. If only I could ironical. take a trip to to learn a thing or two about that. That's right. I got one for you. Okay. Did I tell you that Fisk is doing the trip next year? Did he agree to that, or are you, you still just saying it? that? Yeah. He's no, he's on it. Oh, okay. Fisk is on it. Reformation five hundred one next June. Oh, oh nice. Right. Anyway, I was going to say that uh, everybody's saying the shortcoming of the Reformation was that it uh, didn't recognize the role of Israel in salvation, but it did in saying that we're justified (laughs) uh, before God through faith alone, and that is given to all people, no matter what race you are. And we're going to take a quick break. More Table Talk Radio after this. Earplugs not included. 
You're on Table Talk Radio. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. one 800 385 sola is the number, 1-800-385-7652, and you can call us in with your praise songs, with your bumper stickers, with your church signs, or even suggestions for preaching to Hollywood, as we have here. Hello, purveyors of mediocrity. Purveyors yeah, of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know who this is for. Some, someone rang? What? Hello, what? Yes, right. <laughs> We need a sign, like a bat call. P-O-M. Purveyors of mediocrity. Right. Oh, purveyors of mediocrity. I yeah. have a song that I think would be an interesting study for preaching to Hollywood. I just heard it on the radio. Uh, it's called Rx by Theory of a Dead Man. Have fun. Rx by Theory of a Dead Man. That's what uh, having the Table Talk Radio hotline saved in your phone does. You're riding the car, hear a song on the That's radio. Right. and you hear a song. It's kind of like... We need to have a more catchy number like, you know, 911. You know, they, they have, you, you can't forget that. We should have a number like. Uh, 511, that's information. Yeah. Maybe 811 isn't taken. We could do that. How, so, what if you just dial TTR? Yeah, so, so you, you spot some false doctrine and you call it in right away. You know, you have like a, a license lady you can do in communion. You call 811 real quick. There's an emergency. <laughs> Emergency here. License like Deacon, apparently. Fire not far away. That is a joke that might need explaining. It is hilarious, though. It has to do with the fact that, all right, you I'll, know, all I'll, the nonsense in the church it goes under the idea that we got an emergency up in here. <laughs> okay. So we need to adopt and reject the Lutheran doctrine because we got emergencies, right? But this That's is this goes. is a harangue. I'm not sure how you got me started on this, but... Um, so in in, Wit, in the Wichita Convention of the Missouri Synod in 1989, they passed a resolution that said that uh, that uh, licensed lay deacons uh, are uh, uh, permitted to uh, consecrate the sacrament where otherwise uh, they would not be able to, but they can in uh, emergency situations. Now, just right. if you just look at the wording there of that resolution. In emergency situations. Now, what what <laughs> defines an emergency? I mean, uh, if, the, if the church is on fire, does the licensed lay deacon, like, tear off his shirt and there's, like, a, an S underneath and goes, don't worry, I can now consecrate the sacrament. I, I mean, what or, – or that, you know, there's someone choking in the back and now he can – I mean, what is the emergency that we're speaking of that now uh, – Let's this deacon and and I also want to just since you got me in this harangue the whole idea of having language of licensure in the church is problematic because what does a license do a license permits you to do something by some governing authority right so uh, you uh, you know you know about this Pastor Wolfman about getting a driver's license do you want to say a word or two about that. You know, Hannah is getting her license today. Amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. So oh. so, uh, so today at 8 a.m., she could not legally get into a car and drive by herself. But at 5 p.m. today, she can legally get into a car and drive by herself. 
So so that mm-hmm. the the state has licensed her to drive. Now, uh, we we say at least we, I think we say that it is our Lord Jesus who has um, uh, uh, given the office of pastor to forgive sins, which includes then the administration of the Lord's Supper. And this is this flows from the holy office. And so we have, uh, up until 1989, understood a distinction between the things that a pastor does and the things that a layman does or doesn't do. But we, in 1989, have come up with a license to do things that the Lord has not given, which begs the question, who do we think we are? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus said this, but I can get you a license. Just slip $20 underneath the table, and I will give you the license. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. It's call 811 for emergencies. <laughs> That's how we got I, off. This is a, I mean, this is an amazing sort of thing. Is What about, I mean, why not say... You were all. You remember when you had the youth group, and uh, you were always trying to. The kids are always asking the question, "Hey, uh, hey, youth pastor, uh, or hey, older guy, how far <laughs> is okay to to go with my girlfriend?" Remember that question? Oh like, yeah. Hey, wrong question, buddy. Because if you're if you're trying to press towards the limits, you're headed the wrong direction. Why not ask, "How can I best be chased?" Mm. Now we we like like hormonal teenagers <laughs> theologically hormonal teenagers say well we got augsburg 14 only uh, you know pastors can preach and teach and minister the sacraments but like how far can you go you know how yeah. far can i go how do we blur that we line as much as possible let's why why not ask the question uh hey how can we best keep this how can we best articulate this? How can we best treasure this doctrine rather than how far can we go away from it before we get in trouble? We're, we are headed the wrong direction. So be chaste and know that the Lord will bless that. Why not be faithful to the doctrine of the scriptures and expect the Lord to bless it? We are morons, by the way. And, I mean, just theological morons. We're, uh, every time you know, every time you see a policy or a rule or I suppose a license, you know what you're seeing? A lack of wisdom. <laughs> I mean, policy comes in to fill the void from a lack of wisdom. So anytime someone says we need a policy, what they're basically saying is we're a bunch of fools. And I think it's probably right. We are a bunch of fools. Uh, anyway. Well, do you remember? Uh, well, so the first time I went to Madagascar. Um, when you and I went to Madagascar, 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 um, you know, we were meeting pastors who were taking care of like four or five churches at once, you know, and there's no possible way mm-hmm. for pastors to get around to that many churches. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I remember the first time I went, um, I met a pastor who was taking care of 11 congregations. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. That? I can't even I can't even fathom what that would be like having 11 congregations. You're just kind of going around mm-hmm. to um, but when the first time I went, we went to this, uh, and I told this story before in the air, but we went to this uh, leper colony, and um, there were a group of uh, Lutheran Christians there, and they had a, a church building, uh, like a chapel right there in the mid of, midst of their little uh, colony, but they didn't have a pastor. And uh, they said uh, it had been, um, I think, a year since they had communion because they had no pastor. Now, see, the problem wasn't that they didn't, I mean, I'm assuming, that they didn't, couldn't find bread and wine. They certainly could have taken it upon themselves and say, this is an emergency. It's been nine months. 
I guess we have the license to do whatever we want now. Um, rather, they said, I hope a pastor comes soon so that we could have the Lord's Supper. And I'm happy to announce that when we were there, the one of the pastors um, who was with us made arrangements for them to receive communion um, after we had left. Um, but but th- but that's the point. They didn't say, well, we you know this is an emergency, so we need to take it upon ourselves. They said, um, let us pray and hope that the Lord sends a, a servant of the Lord to to, to bring it to us. So that's, that's I think, the example of what you mentioned. In what ways can we can we seek to keep this rather than uh, let's pass a resolution to uh, blur the line as much as possible so that we can have people doing the function of the office even though they're not actually a holder of the office. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as... As this right. fl- as this segues nicely into preaching to Hollywood, here's this song by Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> the song called RX. Wake up to a cloudy day, dark rolls in and it starts to rain. Staring out to the cage like walls Time goes by and the shadows crawl Crushing candy, crushing pills Got no job, mom pays my bills Texting nexus, get my feels Sweating bullets, Netflix chills World's out there singing the blues Twenty more dead on the evening news Think to myself, really, what's the use? I'm just like you, I was born to lose Why, oh why, can't you just fix me? When all I want to feel numb But the medication's all gone Why, oh why, does God Want to get high and forget this so-called life. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and medicate. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and medicate. All right, so that is a song RX by Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, first impressions, Pastor Wolf Miller. Woohoo! Whoa, he's right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, got no job. Mom pays the bills. Crushing candy, crushing pills. Texting exes, get my feels. Sweating bullets, Netflix chills. World's out there singing the blues. 20 more dead on the evening news. Think to myself, really, what's the use? I'm just like you. I was born to lose. Why can't you just uh, fix me when all I want's to feel numb, but the medication's all done? Oh, why, oh, why does God hate me when all I wants to get high and forget the so-called life? Then I'm so freaking bored. I believe medicate, that's Medicate, freaking. medicate, medicate. <laughs> what did I say? Did I pronounce it? You said freaking. I said f- freaking. It was clearly freaking. Yeah. Freaking. <laughs> I got in trouble about on that word one time, Oops. by the way. I think I did, too. Now we're using it on the radio. Maybe I'll bleep it I out. I think it's okay to word, but it was it was. <laughs> don't do it. That'll make it worse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I, how did this go? This was a funny story. Um, you have about thirty um, seconds to remember it. Yeah, I know what it is. I I was saying in Bible class one time. There's no free compassion. And the couple <laughs> in the back said, heard. There's no freaking passion <laughs> and, I, and they said we've got passion yeah we got it <laughs> oh man that took a little, little while to sort out all right well we're gonna sort out the rest of this song on the other side of this break you're listening to table talk radio 
And we'll be right back after the break. For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. I dashed all of Pastor Wolf Miller's hopes when he asked if this is the last segment, and I had to tell him, no, that we have two more. I don't know how I lost track. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're staying on point I'm so sure well our listener today. knows. <laughs> I, I know the listener's like, okay, halfway through. <laughs> yeah, this, this is your you know, halftime like the gym, break. and they say, okay, push pace for two minutes. You're like, okay, you're watching the clock pretty close there. That's how it is for me. <laughs> We are we're t- taking a look at this song RX by Theory of a Dead Man, and it goes something. Look at this; it gets like I'll read some more. Oh, you're gonna play some? No, go for it. No, I was gonna read it. Go ahead. Superman is a hero, but only when his mind is clear. Though he needs that fix like the rest of us, so he's got no fear when he saves the bus. All the stars in the Hollywood Hills, Snapchat Live, while well, they pop them pills. All those flavors of the rainbow. Too bad. That bleep don't work, though. Your friends are high right now. Your parents are high right now. That hot chick's high right now. The cop is high right now. The president's high right now. Your priest is high right now. Everyone's high right now, and no one's ever coming down. Clearly from Colorado. This is amazing song because it has to do. So now uh, there's something. There's something. I mean, this song is terrible, but it is. It's right in some ways, as far as a articulation of uh, the reason for the people getting high, right? Yeah, because it goes back to boredom. We get, there's so many things to talk about here: the hardness of the conscience, the sin of boredom, the role of beauty, uh, drugs, and the, the effect of drugs on the conscience. So let's talk about the sin of um, boredom. I'm kind of interested. I mean, that, that won't bore me like the rest of this normally would. So let's talk about so that. what. This is the one of the ways that so the old the old theologians had a the, they used to call it uh Acadia or <laughs> Acadia. Or that's what it is though, sloth. It's um but it's listlessness. It's it's boredom. It's the sin it's 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 uh, it's looking at the world and everything looks flat, you know? And uh there's no life in it. This is how this is so you can see it. I mean from a as a pastor or a licensed like deacon, you can see it. <laughs> Because people come to you, and uh, and especially like with couples, right, um, who are struggling with stuff in marriage, and you can you you talk to them a little bit, and then you put you can put your finger right on the problem is the problem of boredom, and you could see this theologically too, that that how, how the devil tempts us, he, he the devil doesn't tempt us to be heretics. I mean, sometimes he does, but mostly the devil just tempts us to be bored, bored with the scriptures, bored with the catechism, bored with the with the book of Concord, bored with the doctrine bored with this sort of stuff and you get sucked into all these other things but but all the other things that you get sucked into are these these kind of they're, they're because they're fake they're they're not real they they throw you into these highs and then these lows and you get in this cycle and it just it wears you out you just get you you just kind of get worked over by life and then and then everything seems so so uh you know, lifeless, colorless. It's like 
it's like cataracts over the conscience. So and life loses its flavor. So this is hard for some people to hear because um, typically when we think about boredom, we think that the problem is on the outside. So when you talk about the sin of boredom, then you're describing that's a problem with me. But how we typically think about boredom is that if I'm bored, it's because you're boring. <laughs> you know, you should do something about how boring you are so I'm not so bored. Well, th- th- look, there are boring things, but the problem is that we are uh, we're we're wrong about what's boring and what's not. It's one of the great problems with school because you, 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 like some of the best stuff in the world, I mean, the best and most beautiful things. So, okay, okay let me take a step back here. That the opposite of being bored is not being excited, but it, uh, but it, it uh, it's in fact it's probably something like being in it's it's like being wonder. It's it's curiosity is the opposite of boredom. Wonderment is the op- opposite of boredom or awe. The scriptures talk about awe, and and this puts us into the realm of of beauty. So it should be that when we see something beautiful or hear something beautiful or or taste something beautiful uh, and good and true, that that we're escaping the, uh, the 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 kind of boring stuff and we're we're engaged in something that's uh that's that's permanent and real so paul says whatever is good and beautiful and tr- true or that's actually not his list but if everything uh, he he doesn't use the transcendentals but i'll look up the list but he's you know if anything is worthy of praise think on these things so, so that there's all these wonderful things around and when we are able to engage in them it it cures us of this of this border but now just, just as one little example think about this that you you Evan are married to Mandy and that Mandy is you know really quite wonderful in all this way she's a she's a a, a, a unique individual person she has all sorts of incredible talents mm-hmm. she has all this history and mm-hmm. all of these uh desires and futures and everything else it's really she's really qu- quite wonderful and yet the devil comes along and tempts you to think oh yeah well that's just Mandy you you see to 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 lose the wonder of the person that you're married to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same is true with one verse of scripture. There's so much wonder there that we could spend a lifetime meditate on it. But the but the devil comes and says, "Oh, you've heard that before. That's old news. You always want to see something new." So I want to know uh, if so boredom if, is it. if you have thoughts on this in particular with um with kids and raising kids because I mean it's easy to blame video games, but it does seem like. Um, we throw kids in front of screens to play video games. I'm not completely against video games, but but that this sort of replaces and captures their imagination and their. Um, I mean, it quenches their need for curiosity to level up or whatever, or or accomplishment. I heard this too that that there's something, particularly with men, that there's something ingrained upon men to have a need to accomplish things. So you go out, you know, it's kind of the you know, you, you 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 go out, get a job, make some money to provide for your family. I've I've accomplished something. I can, I can look back at at everything that I've done and say I did that all in a day's work. But uh, those who are just uh, addicted to the video games um, get their sense of accomplishment from what they've accomplished in the video game, and then have no drive to do anything else in the world. That's their that's their their medication that you're talking about. Uh, so, do you think that yeah. there's there's something for kids to to uh, enliven this um, curiosity so that they're always wanting to pursue this all the more. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. And I, and I think that's one of the dangers that we have. I was headed this direction with, with school stuff, but I, and I forgot. But like, you, you just take some old, beautiful stuff like Shakespeare and you read Shakespeare and you think to yourself, man, this is great. And also you think, should I really be reading this? <laughs> Cause there's some kind of tawdry, naughty stuff in there, you know? In other words, there, it, it's both beautiful and sometimes raunchy and it has all the excitement of human life. It's got dirt on it. It's, you know, it's, it's it's great, but then you take it and you put it in a school classroom, and and you're and whatever reason you get people who are teaching it who are you know having you count the iambic pentameter and not actually like looking with wonder at the words that are there in front of you, and you just you 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 just kind of lose it, you know you so that all the good stuff from literature it should be it should be a cause for boredom, but whatever is going on in schools serves the opposite purpose of to make us make us bored with this and i'm afraid that there's something like that in church and in fact one of the reasons why we do this thing called table talk radio is to fight against this tendency to become bored with the scriptures and say hey look there's actually some real joy and life and wonder in theology that this stuff is that this stuff is beautiful and the and the and the heretical stuff is ugly and that we can see it, and we can taste it, and we can we can become alive again theologically. So that, you know, even looking at a bumper sticker, which, you know, is somewhat boring, I suppose, but there's just life there if you can talk it out and see and see things with some, some clarity. And hilarious. So we, we really have, that's right, we really have to fight against this idea of, of boredom, you know, this kind of unfeeling, deadened conscience that just the, the, the whole world, it, sh- it should be, there's this phrase that's so great, Luther loves it in the prophets, I think it's in Amos, and it says that they went out like calves leaping from the stall. Can you get the picture, you know, the calf is all night in the stall, and then you open the gate, and the calf just goes running through the field, leaping with joy. Uh, uh, th- this is how the Christian should be, in life and in death, like calves leaping from the stall, that every that everything, because you're a Christian, the colors of the world are brighter, the smells are deeper, you can, you're, exp- you're, you're in fact open to experience the world in a new way, because you're not locked up in this kind of isolated defensiveness that comes from being... Being a fallen creature, you're set free from that, and so the whole world uh, opens up. This is why boredom is a sin, because it closes us off from the wonder of everything that's around us, both in creation and also in the Lord's Word and His gifts of redemption. Okay, so I want to push this because the song that we're looking at is saying that we all medicate and get high and do all this stuff, whether you be the police officer, the priest, the Hollywood star, or whatever. We all do that because of boredom, right? Um, and so we look at we look at the world; it's too flat. So let's let's enliven it up a little bit and uh, get high. Um, although I think that there's something that causes us uh, to see the world as flat. That's um, maybe pushing this even further. Um, sometimes there's that show on TV called Intervention, and they have someone who is addicted to meth or alcohol or whatever the substance may be. There's there's a substance abuser. And um, and the common denominator in all of these stories is that they had some kind of a life trauma. You, maybe they were you know sexually assaulted or uh, uh, abusive parents or whatever. They had some kind of a trauma, and so that sort of got them onto whatever their drug of choice. And I don't wonder if if maybe people see the world as flat because they see that the world as a place is something hurtful or something sinful. Uh, some, something that is a danger to me 
So there is no joy in this world because this is actually a source of pain. And uh, and now I need to medicate to get beyond the boredom. I think that's right. I want to apply to what you said, the idea that the abuse confirms the substance on just on that on the other side of the bridge. All right, we'll do it. We're talking about RX, Theory of a Dead Man, on Table Talk Radio. Keep me on the sax. This music Table is Talk so Radio, boring. Where the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're talking about the sin of boredom as we've been looking at this song our ex by theory of a dead man and i put forward a little theory that uh that uh people oftentimes will see this world as something boring because they found it to be a source of pain and hurt rather than the joy that uh this the the lord had uh, uh given us uh here not, not not to deny that there's sin in the world there is um but that uh in the gospel, we don't have to see this world as just a, a miserable, sinful place, but a place that the Lord has created us and uh, is redeeming us. So what, what's your thoughts on that, Pastor Wolfman? So the world is terrible, and terrible in the classic sense of the world, word, both terrible in, in the good and true and beautiful direction, and also terrible in the bad, sinful, dying, ugly, uh, uh, horrible way. Uh, so, so the devil is terrible. And also, God is terrible. Uh, the The law is terrible. Jesus sitting on the throne is terrible. You know, you 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 you're following me here. There's some, in other words, there's some terror. That's the true things in this world stri- strike terror into us. And there's a terror in the kind of um, the complexity of creation, which is one of the reasons why we're always trying to flatten things. You know. I mean, it's why it's it's one of the biggest problems with the evolutionary old Earth idea is it flattens everything out. You lose the kind of terror of the world, the idea of thinking of men fighting with dragons and all this sort of stuff, which we, we which we normally have had in all throughout our human history. So so there's this flattening of things out, even, you know, in some ways, literature is a flattening out of the person. The, the character described in the book is always going to be a simplistic sketch of the person in real life. But but in good literature, it, it it lets you have access to it's it's teaching you how to read a real person, the, which is really what our lives are about. But you flatten it, and then in cheap literature, it gets flatter, and then in the movies, it gets flatter, and then in the sitcoms, it gets flatter, and then in the video games, it gets flat. Everything is being flattened out, so I can kind of deal with it, because the the depth of every, of one little thing, you know, one little thing in creation, one flower, one tree, one star. One individual, one cow leaping from the from the stall is it's it's a terrifying sort of thing. And so to I'm I'm kind of protecting myself from the from the terror and the awe that is in the world. 
and I'm I'm trying to isolate myself from that so that I so I I'm retreating to the screen or I'm retreating to the to the cliche or I'm retreating to uh, the drugs or I'm I'm just retreating to, into myself or whatever this retreat from the awe of the world and that and that retreat that con- if if you just want to identify that constant retreat from the awe of everything around us both outside of us and inside of us and our own interactions with this uh with, with this awesome and horrible with this terrible world is uh that is boredom and and one of the ways i can retreat is by getting drunk or getting high it's like an instant retreat you know mm-hmm. i don't have to go anywhere i don't have to hide i don't have to do i just drink enough or i do enough drugs and i'm now i'm somehow protected and everything comes to me in in uh, you know in in this kind of simplistic uh slow motion uh, uh way when i'm when i'm high this is really quite terrible. This is the most intriguing um, few lines of the song, and maybe you can explain it to me. Superman is a hero, but only when his mind is cleared, though. He needs that fix like the rest of us, so he's got no fear when he saves that bus. I don't know what that means exactly. It's that it was. I mean, I don't know the Superman stories well enough to know if like Clark Kent smoked pot or something. I mean, that seems to be what it's... <laughs> I don't... Thanks what it's so. saying, but you know, there's there's something I learned this last week on the pastors retreat is that um, there's some pagan uh, psychologist who said something helpful, and that is you can tell someone's ethics by their heroes. Hmm. So so when you look at who the heroes are, you see how you can kind of see what you know what someone is striving for, what someone sees as the person that is their hero. You see that that person's life. So you go and you ask someone who's your hero, and you you know their ethics. Or if someone says, "Well, I don't have any heroes." Which is the problem that we're in to now, then we're really in trouble. One, it's one of the problems is that Hollywood has become the, now the cult of heroes, and so that def- defines our ethics, which is miserable. Um, but it's in, it is interesting that we. So, so here's the Superman, the Uberman, and saying that he also has to get high. So all your heroes, that's what it says. Your, look, your friends, the, your parents, your the cop, the priests, everyone in authority over you, they're also high. And 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 the way that that works is that's a hardening of the conscience because when you go up the ladder of authority, so you listen, you list all the people who are, who are having authority over you, and you say, well, they're also high, then now you're excused to do it. If the people above you are sinning, then you now are free to sin. It's a hardening of the conscience. That the only thing on this list that's not there, which should have been to get this effect, is your teachers. Your principal's high, your teachers are high. That would, you know, that just then opens up the floodgates for your own sin. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so uh, preach to Hollywood here. Yeah. This. So the uh, this asadia. So we're diagnosing it, but what is the solution? I mean, um, because all of us, in one point or another, have this kind of hardened heart where we've lost the sense of wonder. Uh, and you are right in saying the problem is not out there. The problem is inside of us. It's like if you if you burn your mouth so that you, now you can't taste anymore, and then you think, this food tastes terrible. No, the food is fine. It's your mm. tongue that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And whatever the, the kind of the, – the, the tongue of our own imaginations have been seared so that we miss the beauty of all of this stuff that's around us. Now I don't know how I mean this kind of this this demon comes out through prayer and fasting but I think the way to start is to is to know that there are beautiful things and that it's one of the 
one of the things that that we are to do as humans and as Christians is to is to enjoy the beauty of the world and most especially to enjoy the beauty of God. We have that that verse in Psalm twenty seven four. Uh, one thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to uh, to seek the beauty of the Lord in his temple. Hmm. So that when we read the scriptures, we are not only asking uh, what's good here and what's true here, but we're also saying what's beautiful here. And we want to start rejoicing in that. And may all the pastors who are listening do this, too, that when you preach, you're not just preaching to the mind, but you're also preaching to the imagination. And you're putting in there the most beautiful thing ever, which is that God took on our flesh so that he could also take on our sins and die and rise for us, that we might behold him face to face in eternity. There's nothing more beautiful than that. And if that does not capture your imagination and break through your boredom and and give you a sense of something wonderful and beautiful, then, um, then that's really trouble. Mm. Yeah, I mean the the problem of uh, drug abuse in our world is a really uh, big deal because, um, and I suspect that it's only going to get worse as marijuana is uh legalized um throughout our our states and i i'm convinced it'll just keep going you know it'll probably be a point where it's just universally uh yeah there's legalized. no stopping it now. Uh, but but you know i mean uh there's the there's the gateway drug argument but i i i think that's a valid argument because um uh, well you know a few few months ago um i was tending to the deathbed of one of my members and the hospice a uh, company that they were using had volunteers that came in and I came into the room and, and met one of the volunteers and he said, this was the, the first, he was just a brand new volunteer. First time, um, uh, first time coming to the deathbed of, of anyone. And so we had a nice conversation and his background was that he was a, a psychologist specializing in uh, substance abuse. And he'd said that, um, that he never treated anyone that other than maybe alcohol, he never treated anyone uh, with a drug addiction that did not start with marijuana. Uh, so that marijuana, I think, is that so-called gateway drug to further further drugs. But the other interesting thing that he said is that um, th- those who are addicted to marijuana um, have the hardest time because there's not usually that hitting rock bottom like an alcoholic. So the thing that kind of motivates change is, uh, you know, you, you finally hit rock bottom and realize I, I, I need to do something with my life. Um, that for some reason, one, one reason the, the, the marijuana abusers just kind of stay in a, a stone state and they don't ever actually hit rock bottom. Um, so those things are just interesting. But what, but the effects of drugs in our, in our culture is it's, you know, zapping people's, um, you know, motivation as we've talked about, uh, this show it uh it it takes all their money um it destroys families i mean all of all of the institutions that god has given us for the sake of uh, our welfare are just destroyed um by drugs and in extreme cases someone can have prolonged drug abuse that they sort of cooked their brains that they can't even comprehend you know simple assertions anymore which is what how the gospel comes to us through assertions so this is really, really insidious kind of thing, 
and uh, some, something I think we do well to put a lot of effort towards um, avoiding drug abuse, especially for our kids. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and to and to, to give the opposite, and that is the joy in 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 the good things of this world. You know that you, so you can you can kind of tell someone's conscience by their capacity to feel joy at the forgiveness of the of the promise of the forgiveness of sins. No, that's great, and that's it for us on Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like, uh, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. think about the theology of the cross. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 